Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Roses are red. Manchester is blue. Craig Forrest is over the moon that West Ham are better than you. Footy Prime, the podcast presents the Weekend Recap with Brendan Dunlop and Craig Forrest. I tell you, if you told me on Friday that on this weekend recap show, we'd be talking about two sack managers, I wouldn't have bet Daniel Fark and Dean Smith would have been those two. But I also wouldn't have bet that I'd be able to talk about in a massive footy prime derby. The home team, Craig Forrest Hammers, looked like the regular European giant side against James Sharman's tiny little timid Liverpool. I know. And they everybody makes a joke at the Europa League. Come on, the hammers. They might go and win the bloody thing. And they played on Thursday. And that normally can, uh, doesn't, I don't think that really bodes well. We've seen a lot of teams play that Thursday, Sunday. It's just awkward. Yeah. And then you might have a midweek cup game and it just kind of takes you out of your schedule a little bit. And they seem to be handling it just fine. I mean, they're buzzing, obviously. They're confident and they're playing Liverpool. So there's, you know, easy to get up for. I guess it would have been too awkward for James Sharman to join us to have a in-depth, actual tactical conversation about what happened with his Reds in beige. Well, that's right. I, I the, the interesting thing was that he said he was coming on. If he never said he was coming on, then it'd be okay. I'll, I get it. But he said he was coming on, and then he backed out. What a weasel! Late, total coward. Uh, we're a little later recording this than we usually do because uh, you told me that there was a raging fire alarm in your building. So I took that as my opportunity to put the kettle on and make a cup of tea, which yeah. shockingly I haven't actually done in a while. And uh, so I, I've left you hanging out here, but you're an expert at making tea. Oh, yeah. I was an expert at making lots of tea. And I mean, not in each cup made in a big urn, like massive thing that's been in the club probably for 50 years. It was all stained with tea like layered about an inch thick but it was just added to the flavor of it you just grab about like i used to count remember it's one of these guys at the club i was like sitting there counting all this and he's like what the fuck are you doing like counting the tea bags or are you throwing in individual tea yeah bags? one individually going one two, into this earth into the and, and then he's like, what he grabs a fistful right just throws them in <laughs> What were you counting for? You're like, well, there's 15 people in the change room. Here's 15 bags of tea. Yeah, that kind of phone. thing. I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to screw it up and like get the 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 short nub finger from the uh, the guy that used to work at the club and physically abuse the youth players with his half finger that he cut off with a bandsaw. Fuck that thing was. You know, when you got a half a finger and he's poking you with it. You've told this story before. I couldn't imagine that. It's in the ribs, right? It gets you right between the ribs. Oh, it'll get you anywhere. Oh, yikes. <laughs> so did they like the tea? Were you good at the tea? Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it, brother. Well, next time when we run out of Amsterdam beer at the tent, we'll yeah. pull out a big uh, urn, make sure that Wonger's not got any ashes in it, and we'll have you uh, pour a cup of tea. Back then, you're under pressure, man. When you're a youth player doing stuff like that, you literally felt under pressure. The structure was that it was also part of your job. It's like paying the dues, right? And and did you have a rotation? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Did the rotation. 
bathrooms, all the baths, there's some individual baths, and then they had a big bath, and they were so old that there's like any finish on them was gone. So it was just it's very abrasive and porous, right? So huh. when they were lay in there for whatever with her all full of mud, they just leave a layer of mud around ring around it right you have to get down like you have to scrub that shit off like it didn't yeah so what was the tour was it like a you're a week on the toilets no we're a month i think it was a month of time month and then in the boots and then back then we were sponsored by adidas so um we had to paint adidas the lines fresh ones on all the boots clean what all were the, the boots what was the brand that you were wearing they were adidas but why did you have to paint them on? I'm confused. To make sure they were very, just look like they were brand new every time. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. how long did the, a pair last for then? Oh, as, as much as whatever. Players had boots. You know, guys who wore boots for a long time. I mean, sometimes even the little white, one of the white three stripes would be curled up, but you're still painting it on. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. But I mean, just it, like players go through boots. Uh, Ronaldo changed boots in the derby at the weekend. He had blue boots in the first half and like a beige yellow boot in the second half. So players go through quite a few boots a season. But back then, did guys hold on to them for a whole year, for a couple of months? Like what was the frequency? Well, it, it takes you, it, you, you wore boots in, right? And you got comfortable with the boots. And you start out with a new pair in training. When you start a new pair in a new game. Never, okay. Right. But you would go through what, maybe six pairs a season or more? Oh no, boots. Yeah, mm, four in a whole season. Yeah. Wow. Well, you'd have your game boots. I mean, if you played every game, and that's what thirty-eight games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you shouldn't wear your boots out taking a goal kicks. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Gloves. Gloves. That's on, that's a different matter. How many pairs of gloves? Oh man, I couldn't even tell you really. Ballpark it. 40. In a season? Yeah. Maybe wow. More. Maybe more, yeah. Oh, buddy. So do you want to start with the Manchester Derby as the leader? Do you want to start with your Hammers 3, Liverpool 2? Let's start with the Hammers. Okay, let's do it. Liverpool's last defeat was seven months ago. Seven months ago on Sunday at the Bernabeu. And then they go and lose to an Olympico at the old Olympic Stadium. How amazing is that? Yeah. The score sheet says Allison OG. No. For now, scored from a corner kick. It's an Olympico. <laughs> amazing, right? Yeah. What a start. Oh, it was amazing. And, you know, it's, it's such a debate, too, over whether or not it's, it's a foul that goes to the bar and they look at it and debate it. And, oh, my God. Um, and from a goalkeeper's point of view, I mean, I've, I've heard plenty of pundits out there say thought it was a foul. In my opinion, I I don't think that that's a foul. I do understand the leading with the arm, but Allison's also coming to him, and he's using his arm to leap, protect, knowing that there's going to be somebody there, but not knowing who. But as a goalkeeper, knowing somebody is in that position, Allison should be coming over the top, one-handed, because you're not going to be catching the ball. Get your your hand over the top of everybody. But he's been having a bit of a tough time on set pieces recently, and I think that that's part of it. And I've been there, and you're in that ah, confidence. Like, you're just talking, like, fractions. Is that going to go over his head by a centimeter, or or is he going to get a touch on it? And that that's the difference you're talking about. And um, recently, yeah, people have been really testing him on set pieces, and yeah, so it could go either way. It was definitely a talking point. And then the other one in the match uh, earlier on, you know, was Cresswell. Yeah, they went to VAR to see if it was a sending off. It was a strange foul, right? It was because he, I mean, he did slide in on, on Henderson, but his leg bounced up funny and his studs caught Henderson more just in the momentum. Well, his, yeah, because he caught the top of the ball. So it literally bounced, bounced off the ball, his left leg. But that's still reckless, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still out of control. Forget about the right leg coming up like a two-footed challenge. That that wasn't really it. It's uh, I think I think the reason why he didn't get sent off is that he didn't really catch him like we saw in the Everton game. Mason Holgate 
he's gone one of those ones where you go through the ball, clear it, straight leg, and then left it there and made really good contact. And nobody debated that that was a red card. But the difference between Cresswell is he doesn't, he didn't, but that was only by chance, really. I'm glad that he wasn't sent off because it would have absolutely changed the course of the game. Mm -hmm. You would not have got West Ham at their best. Don't don't you prefer the the side of, you know, the physicality of the game and these incidents that are subjective that are going a little bit to more the physical side of things as opposed to last season, any type of contacts? Yeah. And then they would they would look at the slow mo, like look at look at it in real speed, really first, you know, like and try and make your judgment on it not before because like when you look at the Cresswell and you you pause it when his legs are up in the air, he's got two feet, looks as though he's absolutely scissoring him, right? Savage, yeah, it looks savage, exactly. So it got to be like a good physical battle. There was a couple of times I thought Virgil Van Dyke played a really good game. He seemed really frustrated, but he defended very well. There was quite a few plays where you thought, oh, he, he's done for. And most defenders in the Premier League would be. But he's so smooth, right? He so rarely panics. It was unbelievable. I thought he was unbelievable. Man of the match for Liverpool, for you? Man of the match, both. Like, I, he was so good. His recovery is blocked and making uh, taking the balls away. Like, and doing it like with a cigar. Like absolutely just so easy. There was a couple of times Mikel Antonio looked like he had him beat. And again, Wood against most defenders, certainly in CONCACAF would, would have beaten most defenders there. And But Van Dyke gets back with, yeah, just this composure, this casualness that you, you don't see at that level. He just doesn't panic. He's so smooth about he it. He doesn't look like he's that rapid, but then Antonio is like, either he's running in quick quicksand there or Van Dyke's really quick. The last goal Zuma, that'll frustrate Allison and that'll really frustrate Klopp. And uh, I'm not sure where Van Dyke was on that positioning, but Zuma was so open. It seemed as though you talk about Allison not having confidence. He was so concerned with what was happening around him. And Antonio was there. There was a few other players in the box. Maybe actually Van Dyke was on Antonio, I think, at that time. And Zuma had a, a pretty much free header. Mm-hmm. I think they were just all so worried about that. I mean, Allison absolutely crapping himself because he's just thinking, this can't happen again in the situation. And yeah, it's amazing when you get in those, you're just like, you'll dread corner kicks for till he has four or five games without making a mess of one. They said it in the broadcast that, you know, it's as close to Upton Park as, as they've ever heard it. Uh, Moise had said that actually. Yeah. And I think that was also the big debate. I mean, I talked to Paul Escoslito, who is married to Karen Brady, the, chairman of West Ham, obviously, and um, saying, is it the stadium or is it just the the player, uh, the play? I mean, if you, if you lose at home and anywhere, it's not good. And Upton Park, when it was really good, and I was there for five years when we finished in the top 10. So for the most part, you're, the place was buzzing. And, yep. it's, and it's nowhere better than that. But it also was a really tough place to play as well. Like, the chicken run on the far side where, where the players come, they call it the chicken run. That was like vicious. You didn't want to be having a bad game in front of them. Yeah, West Ham fans obviously can get on you. We've heard some great chants in the past, and we know how passionate they can be, and they can turn on each other and turn on the ownership in the box there in the middle of the stadium very quickly. But yeah, and Or turn on a manager. I think David Moyes you know, got a lot of stick in his first stint. But they got to be pretty happy with him now. And looking at him celebrate that third goal, he looked like a child. He looked he, so happy. He right? looked, and he doesn't look as jaundiced anymore. No, he, he's actually uh, a Benjamin Button. Reverse aging. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse aging. Well, he should be pretty happy. I think that was the first time he's beaten a Klopp team. Yeah. And so much you know, about Liverpool's dominance, that, that unbeaten run. Mm-hmm. It was their joint longest unbeaten run since they joined the Football League in 1893. 26 games unbeaten they went. Mm-hmm. And they were, and Mane had a great chance, eh? Mane had a bad game. Yeah. Don't you think? Well, and then especially missing that chance at the end where it was like... You just headed it too far across. I thought I was getting the tweet from Sherman because I did stick a little bit of a knife in there at 3-1. Even, and, and even Moyes, when he talked after the game about being 3-1 and saying he'd actually want to go on his knees or 
slide on his knees, right? Knowing that you're playing a great team like them, you just might not want to do that, right? I was a little bit like that with the tweet. You're hesitant. I feel like I have a like a curse. I when I am overconfident about my team, oftentimes if I share it in the tweet, ninety three percent of the time it comes back to bite me. Yeah. And just the fact that I directed it at Sharman, I knew I knew he had one set up. He had one written out just ready to hit when they when they scored because it looked as though they were going to get it one, didn't they? It did look like they were going to tie it up. Yeah, yeah they, they had a, they had a lot of life at three two, and you realize yeah. like, oh wait a second, West Ham looked very you oh, know confident and like a strong team at three one, but all of a sudden the quality's here. He'd have been coming after me, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is when pressed up against it, um, teams with superior quality could show their metal, and you're right that you know Mane and Mane himself probably eight times out of ten is putting that in. They said it in the broadcast. Should he have waited to hit it with his boot? No, he had to die for it. So he made it. It was difficult, but he's a guy who was putting that in at least eight of ten times, right? Right. And didn't when they really needed to, and West Ham were lucky for it. Now look at West Ham in the table. Third in the Premier League. What an unbelievable start for your Hammers. I think that they fully deserve it. And yeah, it's, it's great to see them. 23 points from uh, 11 Premier League games. Wow. And they're talking about a Czech billionaire potential takeover ownership. He wants a big stake. I think the Davids would still be involved, but the team is like when it's buzzing like that, like it's there's no better time to sell. They they might not get any higher than they are right now. Right. Right. How much lower is it going to get for Manchester United? Is that a statement that as a football club, Manchester United has lost their fear factor? Oh yeah. I think that went a long time ago going to Old Trafford. Isn't a scary thing. I mean, it can be because they got potential to play incredible football at times. We've seen it even in the last few games. Mm-hmm. But boy, they looked at a different level. Man City, they couldn't get the ball off them. They could have just kept the ball all day. And it was like a morgue in there. <laughs> oh, it was ridiculous. My dad had a great line. So it wasn't possession football. They are confiscating it, <laughs> which is pretty accurate. It was actually a, a Musa Akwanga tweet that he saw. The gap, though, is it, it really is so clear like united are nowhere near city's level that's eight losses at old trafford in 2021 alone the fewest touches united have had in an opponent's end i mean they couldn't they couldn't buy any good fortune and they couldn't buy any opportunities no one shot that ronaldo uh effort off of his shin which was a cracking effort if he hit it with his foot i think he puts it in that was their only shot on target how long does he last well look at this weekend right with Fark and it's, Dean Smith gone. It's second season. But they missed their man. Don't you think Conte was the one? In this situation, in the middle of the season, with this lot of players and hoping to save, you know, this this is the thing with Ollie. He's inherited some mistakes from managers past. And he's had three years to make it work. But the club have operated with this all-star roster mentality. Ronaldo being the obvious example of that. Mm. That he's not truly been able to execute a system. And we can question all we want whether he's the person that has any quality or merit to be able to execute a system anyway. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, down down the road, uh, whatever happens to him when he writes a book someday and talk about what actually happens and the way he was playing at the end of the last season, high pressing, like you mentioned this, I think, last week. You bring in Ronaldo, it's a completely different system. But you could also argue he's going to get you enough goals to win games. Surely enough, there's 10 people that are behind the ball that can freaking defend, you know. But I think from a standpoint of uh, Ollie, uh, you have to fit Ronaldo in there, and, and that's what he's trying to do. And I think it's, it hasn't been better. It's not been better. He's scoring goals, but it's not been better. I don't know if Ronaldo is truly the one to blame. Like, for example, if Ronaldo hadn't shown up. Well, that's what I mean. I said, if, if, if you can put a man up top there, one guy, one of the best players that's ever played the game, if not the best. Yeah. And you got 10 people behind the ball. Surely you can keep the ball out of the net. You know what I mean? You'd think so. You'd think so. But he just keeps chopping and changing and tinkering. And I thought... 
the panel afterwards that we saw, Michael Owen was very critical of, of that specifically and saying that they can't go through the pain barrier. They, they panic and make these changes and they're always trying to cover for the weak, but you can't build any consistency like that. And it's the tinkering, the over tinkering without an idea and without a vision. And I think, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's pretty clear, especially this season that that's, that's really been the case for the last few years. Mourinho tried to put his stamp on it, but he's a guy who wears out his welcome rather quickly. And I think, you know, they may have looked at Conte and thought, as much as we think he'd be able to make an impact immediately and take us back to a level or towards a level where we believe we're at, he's also going to burn that candle very quickly and maybe burn out the lot that he's got very quickly as well. And he runs his guys into the ground, right? I think we're going to see that with Spurs very soon. Even the fact that his deal's only till 2023. Yeah, I tweeted from the from the Footy Prime account, like just here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, he knows it. Daniel Levy knows it. He's not trying to get suckered into paying nope. another out clause. Exactly. And they just you know dealt just a couple guys are going well, Mourinho. It's like oh, we don't need any of this again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody's totally. been able to get it right. Really, I mean, it looked very exciting at the start of the season, though, didn't it? Because they finished strong. There are Brought in a couple pieces, and it looked as though they were going to compete. They did, but this is the thing: you can't buy players for a system because you have no system. And it's been it's been three years with Ali, and they still don't truly have a system. They're just spending on who's who's available. And you look at the holes and say, "Well, defensive. Well, go get Varane." But you know, with this, some of the options that they've got, uh, and do they do we look at pairings like Varane and Maguire? To me, don't seem like an obvious pairing. They seem like they would both be 1A in a duo. Yeah. So how do they work together? Juan Basaka always gets attacked for being the weak link. I think, you know, defensively he's got his frailties and his weaknesses, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that if that's truly fair. He's certainly not the, the most glaring one. But they're always tinking and chopping and changing, and I think that uh, Eric Bailly will be the next one to, uh, exactly. to spend more time on the bench because yeah. of his mistake in the own goal. Yeah. But you look at a guy like like we're just talking about Van Dyke, right? You put him in that man, you I mean, he's just different level. Like it's it would it would be a game changer for them, just like it was for Liverpool. How many years do we talk about Liverpool? Oh, I think they need a new goalkeeper, they need a new center back, they need it, and it just went on and on and on. And then they just decided to break the bank for Van Dyke, but what a what a great move it was. I thought at the time it would work out well for them. I didn't think that he would become the best central defender in the world. Well, that's right. I mean, you can't, I would, I'd be lying if I said that that was going to be the case, but what you knew, I mean, C was doing it, doing it for a few years at Southampton at a club like that. And so, yeah, they were very, everybody was well aware of uh, his capabilities. I think maybe his leadership that, added in i don't know if anybody expected him to be taken to that level i don't sure none of us would have expected Mikel arteta to take arsenal to this level he marked his 100th game in charge with a one nil win over watford at the emirates arsenal have taken 20 points from an available 24 can you believe that we thought they were dead and buried the first month of the season the spurs were top and they were bottom it seemed like arsenal's season was over and now Emil Smith Rowe might be Premier League Player of the Year if he continues this run. <laughs> yeah, there was, I mean, Arteta was like, yeah, we were wondering whether he was going to make the weekend. I know, not that long ago. Not that long ago, isn't it incredible? Football is just the weirdest thing. Like, just when you think you're dead, you survive, and then just when you think you're dead and you win a football game and you're still dead, like Norwich's manager Fark. They win their first game against Brentford. I know. (laughs) Wild. But that's one of those decisions that wasn't made based on this result. You know, that was made coming into the week. I'm sure they've had some conversations or something. Yeah, it just looks it just looks really ridiculous. Like it does. They just won their first game of the season. Did you hear him post match too? He was so bloody happy. He was over the moon. (laughs) Like did not see it coming whatsoever. I, I can't imagine what that conversation must have been like. Or the phone call, right? The f- phone call after. Uh, sorry, mate, but uh, we're going to let you go. And the phone call to his wife. Yeah. Oh, you you finally won, Daniel. How amazing is that? 
yeah, uh, we have to move house again because uh, we are gone. We're leaving <laughs> Norfolk. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't think he knew at all? Not at, uh, based on post game. Mm-hmm. The way he was speaking was like, we're turning the corner. This is a result of all the hard work we've put in. And we know we're not as bad as our record has been. And it's great that we could show it today. And we're going to push on. I don't think he had a clue. Even after the game, he walked on the field toward the, the Norwich fans, didn't he? He was just kind of like tapping his heart, like kind of, but he wasn't overly like, it was almost like adios. I don't know. I, I just, you thought he was saying goodbye. Uh, it didn't sound like it. Yeah. What do you think about the Dean Smith sacking in Aston Villa with another loss? They're fifth in a row. And it's not <laughs> that, it's the way they've lost these five straight. That's what did it. And that's why these new owners who, have committed a lot to the team, proven that they can invest. And, you know, mm-hmm. Villa really looked like a side that that loss of Jack Grealish wasn't going to ruin them to start the year. Uh, now they look like a, a broken outfit that's just on a tailspin. Uh, even Dean Smith, who will be remembered as an Aston Villa legend for what he did for the club. Uh, you look at Twitter, a lot of Aston Villa fans, and like myself included, it's a, it's a sad day. Yes, it's not it's, too many people disagreeing with the decision, but like it, it's really sad that it's it's come to an end the way that it has. His era was a really incredible era. Yeah, it's just ended in a really ugly, untimely way. I know it's unfortunate. Um, it's it, it's that uh, it's the fear of relegation. Yeah, and that's why managers are always you know. Four or five games away from getting uh, getting sacked, usually at any time. And what are they? Uh, two points above relegation at the moment. They are, yeah. And if they did get relegated, all that money they got for Grealish, that was a waste of time. They might as well have kept Grealish if they get relegated. Well, if they were able to keep Grealish, I don't think they'd be in this situation. I don't think they'd be. Oh no, for I don't. A I don't think they would either. But I think they thought they could get rid of. Get rid of them. Well, I mean, it's a mass. It's a lot of money. A hundred million, uh, right? Sure, but I also think that you know they were at a t- the relationship between Grealish and the club was one a unique one of tremendous, I think, respect and understanding too. That for as much as Villa have pushed on and you know we're we're kicking on and hoping to be in the position. I think I said this in the last show that we're where West Ham are. The Villa want to be at that level. They were miles away from that. And would need a lot of good things to go their way to have, you know, been in West Ham's position this season. And Jack Grealish, mm-hmm. like many uh, players, you know, you only have a finite window to play at the uh, the top level and win trophies. And I think Grealish is at a, a point in his life and his career where he could also walk into that team and be comfortable with the fact that he's not going to be the man every single day. Could be for a stretch, could be for a run, but look at how they chop and change. I mean, even Kevin De Bruyne. Who would Kevin De Bruyne not be first on the team sheet in ninety percent of the clubs in the world? And yeah. yet he, he goes stretches where you don't see him, and he's or he comes off the bench like he did in the derby. Ah, we don't need you today, Kev. More than you believe, we don't need you, Kev. So you can sit on the bench. You can watch this one, Kev. More than you believe, you are important, but not for today, or tomorrow, or the next one. But eventually, you'll be back. <laughs> Not bad. I don't think I've busted out the Pep Guardiola impression before. Yeah, that's not bad. I love it. The Villa thing, I was in our group chat getting upset on Friday because uh, it's tough when your team plays early. It it makes the weekend so different, right? Like, I really enjoy a Premier League Saturday. And I'm still getting used to the original heavy 3 o'clock window, right? The the 10 a.m. games. Through COVID, when you didn't have any games at the same time, you could focus or be distracted but by just one game at a time but when there's four and five on any nfl fan or gambler knows this too it's it's a lot to try and pay attention to a bunch so if villa's playing at 10 i'm really not seeing anybody else and if villa's playing on friday well then 10 a.m on saturday is not as exciting maybe i don't wake up till 11 and i just catch the second halves and jump around on goal rush yeah so they play on friday and ruin my friday with a late kickoff too right four o'clock we hadn't moved the clocks back and yep. they ruin it with a poor performance. And I just feel as though, you know, Leon Bailey, I know we've not, uh, he's not been healthy and not really had a chance to, to prove his worth. But I, th- I just, I don't know if he's the guy. I had tweeted in the morning, just a random thought. What if 
they, they can afford it. Why don't Villa go and try and get Jaden Sancho on loan? And a bunch of people replied, the Birmingham-based people like, are you an idiot? Do you even, do you even, I can't do a Brummie accent, so I won't even attempt it. Do you even watch Villa? We've got Leon Bailey. Are you mad? You, you would rather have Leon Bailey than Jaden Sancho? Give over. And it's not, yeah, Sancho wouldn't fix the problems that Villa have. But he'd sure return the, the fear factor that they had when Jack Grealish was there that they just don't have right now. And that's not a direct shot at Bailey or Buendia, who's not at all looked like the gem that Norwich had. It just hasn't come together. They've tried to work this two-man top with Danny Ings and mm. Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins is one of the hardest-working players in the Premier League. And we know Danny Ings can score goals. But together, it wasn't working. And I think under the new manager, you're not going to see two at the top like that. No, I don't think you will either. I'm just looking at who's below them. You know, you have Watford. They've already chopped their manager once. Do you think Ranieri will uh, see out the end of the season? No chance. Really? Just no, because no. of how the Pozzos operate? Yeah. Because Watford are run like a Serie A team. Oh, it's... Yeah. But the Premier League is looking like that. 11 matches in and five managers have lost their jobs. That's a quarter of the league has changed managers. Yeah. We're not even at Christmas. I'll give you two to one. A five box. And if I lose, if he doesn't get sacked by the end of the year, I'll give you 10. Okay. I think I still owe you from March Madness last year. So we'll call it even. <laughs> okay, we'll that. call it even money then. <laughs> but. I don't want him to get sacked. No. You know, I don't want to be cheering for him to get sacked. But it was kind of a strange appointment, right? Like, what were Watford's expectations? Just to stay up or to kick on? It probably should be to stay up, entertain the fans, give it a go, not be a Norwich and wait to be relegated. Like, actually try. And they have, right? They, they've put on a couple of good performances, the Hornets, since they've been up. Yeah. Benieri's never beaten Arsenal, and he's got a team now that have lost, well, after that opening win in his first game, they've lost three in a row. So th- he's lost three of his first four. I can see why you're pretty confident that he's uh, not going to see out the season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should, I should give me double money if he's going to make the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Make it to Christmas. Well, if he loses the next two, he's gone. Who do they got? Advantage Ollie, because it's Manchester United. On that that first Saturday back after the international break at Old Trafford, no, it's uh, it's at Watford. Oh, okay. Then they go to then they go to Leicester, who also have something to prove right now. Ooh, that's how they finish November. Then they've got Chelsea and City on a short week that first week of December. So yeah, you're right. He might not make it to Christmas. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll have to restructure the odds of that bet. Yeah. Well, this hit today, it was uh, saying the Arsenal players lack respect for not kicking the ball out, right? Yeah, yeah, he was he was having a go at uh, Arteta there. Yeah, it, it looked like a like a father and son spat. You know that kicking the ball out thing. You have no obligation whatsoever to kick the ball out. No, if if somebody goes down and, and you honestly see somebody with a head injury, I mean, first of all, the referee will stop the game, but stuff that I've seen on the field where guys are going down that you don't know whether they're hurt or not. So you're saying you, you can't be under an obligation that well, yeah, that every time. In fact, FIFA got involved in that, right? Because they, they were like, you don't expect me if you kick the ball out. There is no rule that you have to, the ball has to be thrown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's our decision whether we stop play or not. That's basically the way they wanted it they didn't want to have it that way we nearly got screwed in the gold cup once we were playing in uh anaheim actually in the baseball stadium there uh, against honduras and somebody a honduran player went down and we kicked the ball out about 30 yards out from our net and um i remember about 30 seconds before the throw-in i was just shouting at a couple defenders uh, Waddy and Mark Watson and whatnot. I was like, just don't think they're going to throw it back to me. And just as I said that, he threw it to one of his players for a breakaway straight in on goal. And 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 they didn't score, 
But I, I was like, I did running out to the referee, like, it's not in within the spirit of the game, though. Throw that one in. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But can you imagine? Oh, I mean, now it's literally our players, like, yeah, they're falling. They just, yeah, he's going to throw it right back to me. And because we, we kicked the ball out for them. And yeah, oh, no, they did not. Leeds picked up a good point. 1 1 with Leicester. Yeah. Leeds were at home. But uh, talk about where Villa are with relegation That's not true. that far away. That's true. Leeds are in a similar position, right? Only one point up, 15th place, and just two wins to start the season. We've been talking about them you know, b- being a team that looked so good when they have came up, but this second season the bounce or lack thereof, mm-hmm. uh, getting to them. Should be a confidence boost, though, to hold a team like Leicester, who are also maybe uh, draining on confidence themselves a little bit. Yeah. You know, going back, I was just thinking, I didn't mention this when you mentioned about um, Jack Grealish going to Man City and, yeah. you know, what's happened and, you know, where they want to be and all this. I sure hope we're not talking about the same thing when they get rid of Declan Rice. Mm. Because, you know, the big price takes coming. For sure. 80 million minimum, right? Yeah. And... When you got a player like that, you know, it just it's just a big part of it, and he's got that quality, and you know, you're supposed to be adding to it, you know. But it's so hard, so hard to keep them. I think you know, last year too, Villa started on fire, and that big seven-two result against Liverpool mm. it was a few other big wins, and then this season almost had the opportunity to kind of mimic that with the winner Old Trafford early on. They had some some really good results, and then. Yeah just kind of slipped off. They've been unfortunate too. They haven't had a lot of consistency. Uh, Aston Villa, they've had quite a few injuries to deal with. I mentioned Leon Bailey. Buendia's not settled in. They don't know how to use Ings and Watkins together, and it's taking away from Watkins the greatness that I think he had last season. But you're you're trying to fill too many voids, I guess. And in Dean Smith's case, he was no longer confident with his back line. So like Ollie, he was making rapid changes and panic changes and Mm -hmm. the old gambling phrase scared money doesn't make money and in this situation you're uh making a lot of changes because you're afraid big money changes because you're afraid and uh and it doesn't work out that way so what villa do next i'm very interested to see another factor for this season actually being difficult that i feel a lot of people aren't addressing john terry leaving that backroom staff He, he was an assistant for three or four years I really think that that left a big hole in Dean Smith's room. What was the reason why John Terry left? I think he just didn't want to be number two anymore. I, I can, I can kind of get that if you got a job lined up, but why not just stay as a number two until the number one gets sacked and you got a chance, or somebody comes and plucks you. I wonder if this might be his chance at number one. I think that maybe. You know, look at how they were finished last season. He probably thought it's never going to happen. Like they're not going to sack Dean Smith, and if they do, they're not going to keep me because I'll have been a I'll have been a part of it for too long. You know, how many Nick Nurse situations do you see where you're you're close, you're close, you're close, but not close enough? It's not working with the main guy. We'll just promote as number two. That doesn't happen very often, right? If you're him and his agent, that's exactly what you're pushing. We can talk about uh, Daniel Fark's replacement. A lot of Chelsea fans are driving the, the Frank Lampard train because they want Billy Gilmore to get a shot, which I think is amazing. You get Frank Lampard at Norwich, you mean? Frank Lampard at Norwich, yeah. That's been a lot of buzz uh, online, whether that's fan-driven or agent-driven. Fuck me, he couldn't get Chelsea going. How the freaking hell is he going to get Norwich going? Well, he knows how to win in the championship. He got Darby to a playoff yeah, final. I know, I'm mean, just... I like. Right. I mean, I was a teammate with him. I like him. I got respect for him. No problem. I I, I understand how difficult the manager's job <laughs> is, but that's a tough job. Nobody's getting Norwich out of that trouble. The bookies' favorite at five to two to take over in the Villa Park dugout, Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard. Mm-hmm. Where's uh, John Terry? Four to one. Yeah, four to one. Where's Gerrard? Four to one. Evans. Gerard is uh, five to two. I don't do the fractions. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, I want American odds. Yeah. Uh, Neil Lennon also on the uh, list there. Thirty-three to one. 
Neil Lennon. 33 to 1. It would be a strange appointment for him now, I think. Yeah. Neil Lennon in the Premier League now at a team like that? I don't know. He he did great at Celtic 10 years ago. You know, I think of Neil Lennon as the guy that really wanted Freddie Lundberg and Dwayne DiRosario. And it didn't happen. <laughs> and now Neil Lennon is going to get the best out of uh, out of Ramsey and the the young Aston Villa graduates and Ollie Watkins and Buendia. I don't know. The only thing you could say is when if you took that job is that, I mean, take a bonus for staying up, an out clause if you go down, and uh, or an option to get yourself a chance to come back up again. That wouldn't be a bad deal, but. I just don't see Norwich. I've watched him play a little bit, obviously, as Ipswich's arch enemy. Right. You've got to hate them. 40 miles up the road. The Canaries. You just have to, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, my God. If Ipswich found out, or if I said something I, I like, I like Norwich in any way, from the stadium to the road to the city to anything. You know that I'm the wizard, right? I can just clip that part where you said i like norwich <laughs> well that's what that's what they do play that on loop yeah. yeah i don't work for the sun come on i wouldn't do that to you buddy no uh but listeners of footy prime know how passionate you guys are about your rivalries we heard dickio talk about how much he hates inter milan that's another one i gotta cut up just despises them not from having had bad days of the giuseppe miazza as a lecce or sampdoria player but because of the family fandom of ac milan so he would have been pretty frustrated that they didn't find a winner there late they had yeah. two chances to to win it at the death but they share the points in the in the milan derby and a certain john herdman doesn't like uh, a local club not far away from him either right we did we did learn that as we we spoke to john herdman this week actually you'll you'll hear that on the footy prime channels we'll put the podcast version up but this is part of our youtube video series I love this conversation with John Herdman. He was very candid. Uh, he talked about a lot of things, uh, you know, taking the taking the job and leaving women's football, what the conversation was like with, with Christine Sinclair, uh, you know, what it's been like kind of behind the scenes in, in professionalizing the program. Topics he's talked about before and he's been asked about, but I've never heard him answer it in the way he did with us. I agree. He was really engaged and, uh, and I was, I, I learned quite a bit from, from uh, some of the conversations that are very similar to that, you know, his, his role. And, and also when I uh, put together the a quiz uh, about his local town, uh, just learning a little bit about that and then his background and asking him about that, that uh, I won't go into now, but uh, you know, his answer to that was pretty interesting. And uh, another interesting answer was uh, knowing that the players on your very first day with the men's national team, knowing that the players, as they do, they will be talking. Mm-hmm. And this is a women's coach coming from the women's game. And did you feel under pressure? And his answer was pretty, pretty brilliant. I like the teaser, buddy. You're all about the marketing. You've learned. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've, you've, <laughs> you've listened you to Wonger and I. What a setup. I don't need to drop in an audio clip. You just set it up there perfectly. So, yes, check that out, the John Herdman conversation. Uh, Also spoke with Jonathan Azorio, so we'll drop that before Canada take on Costa Rica on Friday Mm -hmm. in Edmonton. Charmin will be there working for uh, the big empire, doing the TV thing, shaving daily, wearing makeup. Tease up John John Azorio as well. He uh, interesting things to say about, you know, just about John Herdman, the team, how how they felt about him. You know, it's interesting. I could uh, summarize this as a, a real manager's show. We've talked a lot about managers and chopping and changing and rotating. Uh, so I'll end on the new manager of Genoa, who got the job uh, the afternoon that we're recording this. Andrei Shevchenko, coaching in the Serie A after Davide Ballardini was fired after Genoa's 2-2 draw with Empoli. It's the fourth time that Ballardini has been fired by Genoa because that's the Serie A. <laughs> Isn't it? Like the, the, the guy would actually go back there. You know, I mean, I can imagine when he went back to the second time, and, you know, should I, should I, should I? And then the third time it's like, should I, should I? And then the fourth time he's like, I can't, I can't go back the fourth time. I can't. And then he did. 
It's the structure, right? It's the bureaucracy. It's the contracts and the way oh, that they, you know, there's it, it's knee jerk emotional reaction stuff. And they just, it's wild. It's wild. The Syria is a, there's a, it's special for that. A few of the ownerships, you know, pretty, pretty special. Gazillion things going on all at the same time. Yeah. I, I, I was three screen in today for, in the middle of the afternoon. I had the Browns on the TV. I had the uh, Mexican Grand Prix on one monitor, wow. and I had the Milan Derby on, on the laptop in front of me. Browns did okay, didn't they? The My Cleveland Browns, yeah. Without OBJ, all you know, of a sudden, uh, Baker's back. They, they played Cincinnati, right? They did. They can they screw, win over the Bengals. They can screw themselves. They, they killed me in my suicide last weekend. Killed the, me. The Bengals? Yeah, they're 11 points up with like against the Jets with no... Four minutes left, and somehow they managed to fuck it up. And and the trouble is, I put them in all three of my suicide pools. I was, it was, yeah, it was devastating. Have you played fantasy Premier League? You know, I haven't. You have to. It just seems like you have to put some. You have to put some time into it. Not any more so than any of these others. In, in fact, I would say that the Premier League, especially for us and how we're following it, it's got to be the easiest one. You just yeah. make sure you change it before there's a Friday game that burns you for the whole week. That's what gets me. I forget that Burnley's playing Norwich on a Friday afternoon. Oh. I'm just thinking about Saturday, and, and you've got to set your lineup 90 minutes before the first kickoff. Whether it's a 7.30 on Saturday or a Friday game, you've got to set your lineup before it's locked in. Unlike the NFL, which is the advantage is if you've slept in and missed the 1 o'clocks, you can still tinker for the 4s and the Sunday nighter and the Monday night. you miss the Friday, you're a hoop for the weekend? You're hooked for the weekend with the with the roster that you had well, the week before. If you miss before. one weekend, you're done. There's a bit of movement because someone will always miss a weekend or you get stuck with a player. Or here's the tricky thing with Man City. Talk about chopping and changes and guys getting thrown out. You're rolling the dice with City players because he rotates like crazy. And you never know until the team sheet comes out and you're lo- already locked in. Now, does that show in the amount of points or whatever if, for their if you've picks. started well if you've started a city player and he doesn't feature you're just going to get a zero really so that happens all the time so you got to really be strategic with what city player it is you have like i rolled the dice with sterling for a while when he was on a real run scoring goals and then Mares would get a bunch of starts and sterling didn't play for a month and a half you, you heard that story about the uh the players within the premier league having a, a fantasy league eh Pep Guardiola brought up the subject of this, these fantasy leagues that he's never heard of before, right? Right. You know what I mean? Like, he knows nothing about them, right? So by all accounts, I guess they're playing Aston Villa, and um, Grealish, I believe, wasn't on the team sheet. Pep was talking about Grealish and the setup or whatever, and the, some of the players said, well, hold on, Gaffer, he's not playing. Like, how the fuck do you know he's not playing because all the Aston Villa players have taken him off the fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Remember that? That's right. Yeah. Can you imagine as a coach, you're like, what? Like they're finding out because these guys are like, they're taking their own players off. Just like if the, if Man City have taken, you know, one of theirs off the Bruin, Kevin De Bruyne does not play in one day. And then Villa goes, Hey, we know he's not playing. It's like, wow, that's some pretty good inside information. It's almost like Pep Guardiola is sticking it to fantasy players because you can't just you know fill your fantasy squad with their four best players because they might not get on the pitch very much. Beyond Ederson and Ruben Diaz, that's really it. Yeah, they're not your go-to. This is fun, buddy. I look forward to uh, watching the Canada games and having some more content this week to drop and see what people's reaction are to uh, John Herman and Jonathan Osorio. Yeah, and, uh, and when they see it... Uh... If it's on Twitter or whatever, share it, share it out there. Get, we want it to, the whole idea really is to, uh, let uh, people get to know these guys better and in a more of a, a real, real way, uh, not just a press conference bullshit questions or we were actually literally getting to know them. And I think the, we, we, they'll get that feel from them from the few that we've done already. So, um, and with the media changing, as we know, um, the guys uh, aren't going to get that uh, out there. So, and neither are the women. So, we'll also be featuring uh, uh, women as well as as quickly as we possibly can. Talk about the future of the women's game and the gold cup and or the gold uh, 
gold medal and all that. Plenty to talk about. Good times in Canada. I was the only one of the six of us that went to the York United game on Saturday to watch them lose to Forge. What was the score? Two to one. Good game. Forge outclassed uh, Jimmy Brennan's York United. A game that York United really needed to win. Although, because of other results, because of Halifax's result, York are in the playoffs. So, their season ender, which is against Forge on Tuesday, back at York Lions Stadium, won't matter anymore because they, they know that they're in. So, they got away with it a bit. They did get away with it, yeah. This should be talked about more, really. I mean... Bobby should be talked about more. He should be in the conversations anytime a manager's job is available anywhere in North America, in my opinion. I'm enjoying these weekend recaps, buddy. More Craig Forrest time. That's what I want. You're right. Shine the light more on Canadian players, current Canadian players on the men's and women's team. Yeah. And continue the conversations with one of the greats of years past, buddy. Check us out. Follow us. Subscribe. Write us a review. Help boost the numbers. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as we put out more and more great content. Yeah, help support us. Support uh, Canada Soccer and the guys. And we'd really appreciate it. We appreciate uh, everybody listening. And hopefully they uh, hope you enjoy it once in a while. We're growing the footy prime empire. Lots more to come. Thanks for listening. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.